Hey y'all, this is Trent and I am part of No Walls Worship and this recording of the message is part of No Walls Worship and you, when you listen, become part of No Walls Worship whether you like that or not. I have adopted you. You are a part. Um, today is Good Friday, which if you participated in Lent means today, maybe this evening, I can't remember what the official rules are, if you, if you gave up cheese, you are now allowed to eat cheese. So congratulations on your cheese. Uh, I imagine it's delicious. Um, tomorrow is the crawfish boil. This is the third annual crawfish boil. We've done it uh, three years in a row, thus third annual. Uh, and every year we've tried to make it a little bit bigger and a little bit better. And this year there's going to be live music and there's going to be a food truck and of course crawfish and some shrimp for those that don't like crawfish and of course the distillery uh, serving up their moonshine and words and music and fun and laughter and friends and all that good stuff. So uh, I'm going to be posting this recording after the fact so I'm not going to invite you. Uh, hopefully I already have invited you and uh, I'll, uh, I'll see you there. Uh, a touch of sadness, uh, not, you know, extreme sadness, but the distillery is closing. Uh, our friends at Crystal Creek Distillery have decided to move on and uh, do something else. And um, so actually tomorrow night, the crawfish boil is their last event and um, they won't be open after that. And that is, uh, it's big. It's big for Shane, the owner who has been running that thing for the past three or four years. And, and, uh, our thoughts are with him. And obviously that puts things into question for, for no walls. We get together there on the first and the third Sundays of the month and have really for the last year solid. And it's been a great spot for us. And I don't know what that means yet. Um, but this may has the possibility of being the last recording for a minute uh, while we figure that out. Um, so stay tuned. I'll communicate with you as soon as I know, uh, and uh, I'll be sure to get the word out. So, so no worries there. Um, I think that's it. This is the message that I'm going to deliver at the Crawfish Boil tomorrow, and I'm going to work through it here with you, and I hope you enjoy it. The title of this one is... Uh, is called uh, I am. It's called I am dot dot dot. Let's go. I'm willing <clears throat> I'm willing to bet that to a person every single but every single one of you listening loves a good comeback story. Um, I love myself a good comeback story and I don't think you can enjoy Many movies. I don't think you can enjoy Rocky. I don't think you can enjoy Creed uh, movies unless you love a good comeback story. And for that matter, I don't think you can enjoy spring, the season of spring, if you don't love a good comeback story. And I bet you can't really appreciate and love Jesus unless you love a good comeback story. There's something about it, right? There's something about the journey of a comeback. You're on a trajectory, you're on towards something big, there's adversity, there's a dark period, a change in trajectory, and then something new is born, something bigger, and sometimes something even more beautiful. I'm wondering if you watched the 
Masters last weekend and got to watch Tiger Woods win the Masters last weekend. I watched Tiger Woods win the Masters. Uh, did you cry? I I got a, I have to admit, I got a little bit emotional uh, when he was embracing his family and his friends. And the biggest part of that was uh, Tiger was realizing this goal of having his son, his daughter, his children see him win a major tournament for the first time. He hadn't won a tournament in 11 years and his children are little, so they'd never got to see dad reach the heights of his career and, and they got to see that. That was a beautiful moment. What struck me about the whole moment, and y'all, I picked up the channel around the end of the front nine and saw the whole back nine of the last day on Sunday. But what struck me was uh, that Tiger didn't play the last round or the back nine exceptionally well. I mean, he, he did fine. He, he did well. He, he bogeyed two of the last nine. He birdied three of the last nine. And he hit for par on the other four holes. That's a solid performance, but not necessarily extraordinary. What I thought was extraordinary was how Tiger kept his composure in the moment. While all around him, the people he was playing against um, were losing their composure. There was a point in the back nine and two, three points for several of the guys on that back nine that the other men on the leaderboard made crucial mistakes, which allowed Tiger to pass them. And y'all, you you could kind of see it in their eyes. You You could see the other golfers thinking, I am playing golf in the Masters against Tiger Woods, the Tiger Woods. You could, you could see them thinking, I am part of a moment that is not mine. You really could feel it. It was building. I am part of a moment that is not mine, but that is his. And then there was this other moment on the 16th hole where um, Tiger, it was a par three, uh, Tiger hit his tee shot onto the green and it rolled very slowly and curvingly uh, all right past the cup. I mean, almost a hole in one. Everyone's breath stopped for a minute and then the ball stopped inches short of the cup and y'all, the crowd went bananas. I went bananas in my living room. The The crowd went even more bananas when he putted the ball in uh, at that short distance for a birdie. And really that was it at 16 that you knew something special was about to happen. And after he made that putt, Tiger was walking past the crowd on his way to the next hole. He was walking past hundreds of, you know, bananas going fans but he was walking stoically, calmly. And the, the announcers kept saying this thing. They said it several times in those last few holes. Uh, they said, oh, I wonder what Tiger is thinking. Um, to get inside his head, they would say. And y'all, I am willing to guess what he was thinking. I am willing to bet what he was thinking. Here's what I think he was thinking. I think Tiger was thinking, I am Tiger stinking 
woods. That's what I think he was thinking as he walked past the crowds. And friends, this is um, this is the word I have for you today. These are the words, these two words, I am. And more importantly, what I want to look at and think about are the word or words that come after those words. It's what we say to ourselves after we say, I am. I lost my job this year. Now, before you get sad uh, and <laughs> before, or before you get mad, if, you, if I'm crushing your good mood, uh, I promise this story has a good end- ending. Here's what you need to know about the situation. I've been working for this same company for nearly 20 years. I literally started with them as a teenager, and I've been really fortunate. I've gotten to grow with the company. I've gotten to do a lot of different and cool things. Um, In fact, when I was in my 20s, I discovered this one job within the company that I had thought, you know, if I could ever be that, if I could ever get to that position, wow, would I be happy? And you know what? I got there and it was great. Uh, I could have looked you in the eye while I was doing you doing that job and I could have told you I am happy. In a lot of ways, it was a dream job. It was, if I described to you my day in and day out, you would have been like, wow, I wanted, I wanted to do that. <laughs> and I was engaged with the work. I felt like I was making a difference. I was one of those people that researchers will say is really just about 20% of the workforce who can say that they are happy, engaged, and like their work. And y'all, I'm not kidding you. It was a year ago today, a year ago today, (laughs) I got a phone call from a near stranger to tell me that that position, that dream position, the one that I was engaged in, Um, the one that uh, I was really happy in, the one that made me feel like I was part of the 20%. I got a call from this stranger who said, your position is being eliminated. (laughs) And in a period of time, in the future, the clock started ticking, I was going to be out of work. Now again, before you start to cry too hard for me, the company has been great. Um, There were resources and a compensation package and options for temporary work it it is not the it was not the worst situation in the world but y'all it was still really difficult it was a, a difficult thing for me to get my mind around and I even had this little speech um, I had rehearsed and practiced and I, and I used it with people a little bit before and and when folks would ask me how I was I would say, you know, my little speech, my job title is not my identity. It's not who I am, I would say. I would say, first, I am a child of God. I am uniquely created and a, with a unique purpose on this earth. Second, I am a partner and a husband to my beautiful and talented wife, and I have a mission to provide for her and help her achieve her dreams. Third, I am a father who wants to pour every ounce of energy I have into ensuring that my three beautiful children have zero doubts that they are loved and will be cared for. Fourth, I am a member of my community in fifth and sixth and seventh. And then somewhere way down the list, 
I am my job. But y'all, that's what I said to folks when they asked. What I was feeling was what I read when I got that official letter that said my job was going away. And there was this section about midway through the page where on that letter saying my job was going away, it said, reason for job elimination. And there was a colon. (laughs) Reason for job elimination, colon, and then two words. Unessential, unessential resource. Reason for job elimination, unessential resource. So what I was saying to myself in the harder moments and when I was really struggling to get my mind around this whole situation was, I am unessential. Now, I promised you this story had a good ending. I'm back with the company full time and I'm doing what I believe is important work. And the world of possibilities of what could come next has opened back up. But y'all, this story isn't really about me. It's about my I am's. It's about what I was saying to myself or what I was trying to say about myself and what I really believed about who I am. And here's what I've been telling myself and here's what I've told my children and here's what I want to say to you and I want you to hear The two most important words you will ever say to yourself are, I am. And it won't be those two words, I am, that will matter most, but it'll be the words that you say immediately after. I am. I am bad at testing. I am a leader. I am in a hurry. I am so grateful to be here. I am just like my father. I am not good enough. I am not strong enough. I am stubborn. I am only ever going to get so far. I'm excited to think about this in a new way. I am, I am, I am. Two most important words. Now, what the heck does this have to do with Easter, right? I mean, crawfish boil, Easter weekend, Good Friday, Easter Eve. What does this have to do with God? What does this have to do with Jesus? One thing thing that I believe unites us, um, no matter what tradition we come from, no matter what your faith, um, we all we all have made a decision about what we think of God, what we think God is. Some of us will picture God as a, a father, a creator. Others of us picture God as an energy, as a creative and loving force in the universe. And even those of us who reject the idea of God have come to a decision about God. Maybe that God is really just a math problem, something that science will discover through testing. And as weird as this may sound, and as as weird as this may sound, that encourages me, right? This 
because this thing feels uniting. I am here, you are here, and you have this creative and empathetic and rational brain ball in your coconut, and you, just like me, have had to make a decision about why that is, why I'm here, and why I'm aware that I'm here. And we all may not agree on the answer. Tomorrow I'm going to speak at this crawfish boil where I know that I will be in company where we do not agree on the answer. But I know we, we, we will all agree on the question. And however we answer that question, we have to make a decision about how we want to behave in the world, how we will be in our work, how and who we will be at home, and who you are, who I am in the community. And friends, today, today, I am, I am here to tell you what I believe about how I want to, how I want to be, who I want to be. And I'm here to, I'm here today to tell you what I believe about Jesus. I believe Jesus was the great I am. I believe Jesus was and is the great example. And friends, what better time than Easter to reflect on who Jesus was, who he was and who he is, and who he reminds us to be. I don't know if you saw this news story. There were these stairs, uh, these stairs from this church in Rome. And this week, and y'all, this was the day after the Masters, uh, it was revealed uh, these restored stairs. They had done some work to restore these stairs. And what they say is that these are stairs that Jesus may have climbed on his way to the crucifixion. Now, some say that that's unlikely, but even still, I couldn't help but let my mind wander and think about what Jesus might have been thinking as he walked those stairs. Past the past folks that weren't cheering him like Tiger Woods was being cheered as he walked stoically across the golf course. And I wondered what Jesus might have been saying to himself about himself. And I'm willing to guess, I'm willing to imagine creatively what some of those thoughts might have been. Jesus might have thought, I am someone who sees clearly how the existing religious and political power structures have hurt and excluded others. I can imagine Jesus saying, I am someone who can work to change that. I can hear him thinking, I am someone who is willing to break with centuries of history, law, cultural norms, to be inclusive and connect with those that come from different histories and laws and cultural norms. I am someone who believes that the way we honor God is so ridiculously simple that it just means to live our lives in love and love of God, our family, ourselves, our neighbors. 
I am someone who values others under only one condition. Here's the condition. Are they human like me? I can imagine Jesus thinking about himself. I am someone who will seek out, have a meal with, and help those who have been discarded by society as broken, as the least, as unclean. I am someone who turned the poor, the overlooked, the least, and the disrespected, and I made them my friends. I am someone who made them my disciples, made them leaders, made them influencers and world changers. And I can hear and see and think of Jesus thinking about himself. I am someone who believes so deeply in my cause. I'm willing to sacrifice in nonviolent protest. I am willing to stand up for what I believe. I am willing to die if it comes to that. This is who I am. This is who Jesus was. This is who Jesus is. What an example. What an amazing I am. And the most amazing part about this I am is that this example is a reminder of who we can be too. It's a reminder of who you already are. Friends, I know who you are. Friends, you are kind. You come from all over the country, the world. You are conservative. You are liberal. You are all kinds of shapes and sizes. You are creative. You start businesses. You start makers markets. You, you build homes. You build charities. You build ice houses. You build distilleries. You build families. You build lives. And friends, you make music. Friends, you aren't afraid of change. You respect others. And friends, when things get bad, when fires rage, when the floodwaters rise, you step forward. You find ways to help. You are lovers and fathers and sisters and neighbors. And friends, I know who you are. I know who I am. You are good people. And I'm so glad to be part of this community with you. The two most important words you will ever say to yourself are I am. And what will matter even more are the words, the word that comes right after. I am so grateful for this time. I am grateful This was fun. Next time.